Uh, today is October 19th, 2014. This is Erica Lees, and I'm here with Charlie Lockwood. Uh, we are at the Spider House Ballroom at the Austin Archives Bazaar to uh, do an oral history. Um, so you were just telling me that you were born in Houston, but you moved to Austin when you were 11. That's correct. Uh, yeah, I moved here in, uh, I guess it was 1995, 96, and uh, yeah, I moved uh, to sort of the Westlake community. I went to Cedar Creek Elementary School, and then I went to Hill Country Middle School, and my, my parents bought a house off of Wilderness Drive, which is kind of near Walsh Charlton and Bee Caves Road over there. Okay. Yeah. Okay, and, I know the uh, area a little bit. And so I grew up in Austin. I, I was not born here, but I feel like I grew up here. I'm thankful that I grew up here. Why is that? Uh, just a great place to be a young person. Uh, not only is there uh, the entertainment, the music, um, welcoming community, but also a lot to explore <laughs> around the city. Uh, a lot of outdoor things, a lot of hikes to go on. Um, a lot of diversity in the city that, I, that I've always enjoyed. And do you remember what you first thought of Austin when you first came here? That's a great question. Um, I don't know, yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was cool. I thought it was relaxed, uh, very, very different pace than Houston. You know, Houston is a much bigger city, a lot more traffic, a lot of highways, a lot of people moving. Uh, a lot of, you know, commerce, a lot of oil industry movement, just very fast-paced. Austin felt much more laid back, and this was, you know, in the mid-90s. And this is part of the wave of, like, you know, the, the, from my understanding, the city population doubled from 1990 to 2000, and then it doubled again from 2000 to 2010. So my family moving here was sort of a part of that wave, that first wave where the population really exploded. But when I got here in the mid-90s, you know, it was very relaxed. That's, that's what I remember. Why did your family move here? I think uh, my parents decided to move here for uh, their kids. Uh, they wanted their kids to be able to go to a public school that was a quality education system. And they were, my, my mother went to law school at UT in the mid-80s. And so they had some familiarity with Austin. And they wanted to be able to put their kids in a public school district that was a a great quality education, and I, I think they made the right move. Okay. I, went, I grew up in Eanes ISD, um, very privileged community, um, but great education. So that, that's what I remember about it. So what was it like to be a kid in Austin in the 90s? Uh, it was great. You know, I, I've always played sports, so I played basketball. I, I ran around uh, outside all the time. Um, being able to run at Town Lake was great, you know, it just it was a, I feel like a very free place, you know, a lot of open space, a lot of uh, chances to just blow off some steam. Yeah, and a lot of, you know, opportunities to go hear music, you know, when I was in high school I started going over to Flipnotics Coffee Shop, which is on Barton Springs, which recently, as of 2014, has closed has closed and so but when I was a kid you know kind of growing up I would go see music there all the time and so it was kind of um, just great to be able to be so close to music and culture so what what was the atmosphere there like where at, at Flipnotics? Flipnotics, yeah. um, it was very welcoming uh, very small listening room you know that they, they have a had a space there that fits about you know 50 people or so 
and I saw some great quality musicians that I later learned are some of Austin's treasures. Uh, people like Eric Kokanen, J.D. Penley, uh, Ryan Gould, uh, playing a show every Tuesday night. And they they did it for uh, 20 years, basically. They played every Tuesday until this year, and they finally closed the place down. So I felt like it was a place where I, I was able to learn a lot. It was an educational experience. I kind of got into music that way. I'm a musician now, and I sort of experienced some of the sort of foundational sort of musical moments in that space because it was an intimate small setting uh what were some of those moments just hearing really high quality musicianship um in a room where listening is emphasized you know like people are talking a little bit whatever but you're there to listen to music it's such a small space so just hearing these guys play um at such a sort of virtuosic level um was great and then the other big part of it was the friends that I had that came there I, I grew up with people that were appreciating music and a, a friend of mine introduced the idea of uh, recording audio this is one reason why I value oral histories and I think it's important uh, we started recording some of the shows at Flipnotics you know we had you know learning more and more about microphones and preamps and all the you know cables and stuff and sort of I got into documenting music in that space and it was just a formative time for me where I sort of uh, realized what was important to me and that was uh, music culture arts community and, and documenting it because um, I just I don't know I, I sort of became fascinated with the idea that uh, uh, recording sound can be valuable uh, can be uh, something that we can pass down to future generations uh, to share with other people that are not there in that physical space mm -hmm. to share with them a moment that is uh, transitory that is fleeting that is beautiful like music so you've recorded mostly live music shows uh, in that time yeah when I was in middle school and high school I started recording live music but um, I then went on to uh, study music as a as a performer and I studied ethnomusicology which is anthropology and music sort of learning about different music cultures around the world and did you study that at UT no I I, uh, I got into that at Vanderbilt University I got a scholarship to go there I wanted to go to UT but I applied to an honors program there and they like, waitlisted me and then ultimately rejected me so I went somewhere that was giving me a good offer uh, it was going to be as cheap as it was to go in-state at UT and so I decided to go there and I just uh, I took a, a course on the blues with an ethnomusicologist named Greg Bars and the questions he was asking were just blowing my mind I was just what fascinated some of those by questions? It. you know like what is the cultural significance of the music you know how do these people migrating from one area to another influence the sound you know what they were the, the daily uh, you know Jim Crow era situations these musicians would find themselves in like looking at the cultural and social context I, I was blown away by that so then I studied with him more and I studied African music with him I, I studied ethnomusicology I learned more about the theory behind it and I had a chance to go to South Africa for about six months and I studied there and I continued on in graduate school studying and I uh, started playing Middle Eastern music I play an instrument called the oud it's a fretless lute that's from the Middle East. And uh, 
I learned about performance doing that. And so, I don't know. I've, it's been an interesting journey, but I think that uh, listening to music at Flipnotics was actually a, a big a big piece of sort of how that was a, how that was catalyzed for me. Mm. Just I learned an appreciation for musicianship and the idea of documenting transitory moments in sound. Mm. And you came back to Austin after after you went to Vanderbilt. I did, yeah. Well, I, I uh, immediately went into graduate school, actually, in UC, uh, UC Santa Barbara, California okay. school, Southern California. And I did a master's degree in ethnomusicology there. I was going to get a PhD, but I needed a break from school. I had been doing it too much. I was kind of burned out on it. I think I had, had a little bit too much. So I moved back to Austin. My family still lives here. Um, I had a a girlfriend that was moving back to Austin too that I wanted to be with so that was a big piece of it so I came back here in I think September 2010 was when I came back okay um, so you had been gone for at that point probably five or six years yeah it was seven years but I'd come back during holidays and such you know I had Thanksgiving Christmas I had seen my family and friends okay. but I hadn't lived here since I graduated high school in 2003. So, so when you came back, had you noticed any really major changes oh, in of the course, city? Of course. I mean, Austin has uh, become sort of a playground for the rich, I think. Um, you know, it has a mystique to it, and it has a, uh, an energy that is very attractive to a lot of different people from all over the world. And, you know, uh, in that time that I was gone, it certainly changed a lot. But even since then, since 2010 until now, it just keeps exploding. I think it has a. Um, it's become sort of a. I don't know, a place that everybody loves to love. You know, every, everybody thinks that Austin is cool. Everyone likes to say that Austin is a great place, and uh, there's certainly truth to that. I fear that we're the city is losing what made it special. Um, through. The city sort of collaborating with moneyed interests and big business that are getting tax incentives to move here. Um, they want to have a festival every weekend. They want to keep Austin weird, but they're actually, I think, destroying a lot of the uh, communities and the infrastructure that was here that made it a special place. And I think we're going to wake up one day and we're going to realize that Austin is not not as special as it once was. I think it's it's sort of it's already we're already there. Um, and I I don't know I, I've. I've kind of, I used to be very bitter about that and very angry about it, but I think I've learned to accept it and just know that, you know, this is a popular city. Everyone's moving here for a lot of reasons. I mean, it's the fastest growing city in the U.S. There's a lot here that's very special. Um, and so I'm sort of just trying to uh, do what I can to remind people why this is a special place and to make sure that people respect, people that are coming here, that are new here, respect sort of... Uh, what makes the city unique. So what do you think those things are that make it unique? I think the communities that make art and culture and make uh, food and make uh, localized tradition are important and make it special. And you know, every week or every month there's a venue that I love that closes or there's a restaurant that I love that closes. You know, last year, actually early this year, a restaurant up on uh, Airport Boulevard, uh, Tamale House. He's like, you know, very well-known New York Times, Anthony Bourdain, everybody loves the place. 
Uh, they closed down. The owner passed away. His daughters didn't want to continue. They closed. You know, people like this leaving the the, the cuisine, the food, uh, the music, the communities that sort of made it unique are just being priced out or being pushed away by sort of more trendy interests, more moneyed interests that are um, sort of remaking the city in their own in their own guise, and that happens everywhere. You know, that's that's what happens. That's progress. Do you have any uh, memories of Tamale House that you want to share? Memories of Tamale House. Uh, I think uh, just the freshest one is the last day. I went there on. They had this two-day sort of thing where they were taking donations only. And I went there, it was, when was that, like February of 2014, something like that, really March or something. It was recently, this year. And uh, it was crowded, everyone was there showing their love and support, and I just told the, I ordered my favorite tacos, and I told the, the daughter of the, the owner who had, who had passed away, you know, I love you guys, I, I'm going to miss you, and I, you know, I appreciate what you've done, you've been a big part of my experience here so thank you you know and she gave me a hug and I ate those tacos and they were delicious I'll, I'll never forget uh, I had a, a bean and egg taco a bean and cheese taco and maybe like a bacon egg and cheese I think they also had a delicious uh, migas plate that was just and huevos rancheros that were just incredible um, so I'll miss that place but I'll always remember it that's a good place to wrap up because we're just about out of time. Is there anything Perfect. else you want to add? Um, I'm happy to have grown up in Austin. Um, I, I'm trying to just um, honor the city that I know and that I came to love and uh, hope that I can uh, just try to help people remember what made it special. And people that are coming here that want to remake it in their own in their own image, I just hope that I can, uh, I don't know, sort of guide them and remind them of what made Austin a great place for me as someone who came here in the mid '90s. So it's a great city. I hope we can we can continue to take care of it. Great. Well, thank you so yeah. much for talking to me. Today. Absolutely, it was my pleasure.